Welcome to the Live and Learn Podcast. If you're new to the pod, we talk about finance, lifestyle, and the many things in between. I am David G. Larpon. I'm Cooper, here with special guest. And uh, I'm James Warden, said special guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, uh, if you look for the good moments... And learn from the bad. You're in the right place. This is the Live and Learn Podcast. All right, uh, so hello again, everybody. So today we are in a, a bit of a new place to record. Uh, we are out visiting some friends of ours in Fargo. Myself, Arpon, and uh, Cooper have come out here to celebrate a friend of ours' his birthday, Noah. And uh, so, yeah, a bit of a new venue for us. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't bring all of our equipments, uh, so we won't be able to give you guys video this week. But I, I do believe we'll still be posting audio onto YouTube. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. Um, so this week we are going to be talking a bit about adventuring and kind of just like what that means to us as far as like uh, getting out of your comfort zone, uh, going out, doing something new, whether it be like uh, traveling or maybe even just like uh, trying something new in general. Uh, if that be like a new skill or I don't know, maybe even like trying some new food or something like that. So, um, I think, uh, the best person to start us off with us will be Cooper. Uh, Cooper actually just recently went on a little adventure of his own over the summer. Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, care to tell us a bit about that? Well, life is all about taking adventures, like you said, whether that be a physical adventure or a mental and spiritual adventure, but my adventure took place in the great Alaskan frontier out on the Bristol Bay uh, fishery where I worked as an Alaskan bush guide for 75 days out in the Alaskan bush. 75 days straight. Yes. I flew out on a float plane, landed on the river, and as soon as the the plane flew away, that was it. I was I was gone from civilization for seventy five days. Yeah. No service, no running water, none of the cushy. Wait, how did you take showers? Um. Well, yeah, not not a whole lot of shower activity <laughs> going on. <laughs> I see. We we actually did have a shower. Uh, believe okay. it or not. Okay. Okay. That's it's good. not. Yeah, how'd you get a shower? We had a water pump. Powered oh, by a generator okay. that ran, we actually drew water from the river, pumped it up a bluff, and then heated the water with propane. And that was mostly for the clients, though. So I was a, I was a guide, yeah. and my main job was just to ensure the safety of the other adventurers, the other clients who were coming out to fish. Yeah. So I was not afforded most of the luxuries that uh, a lot of the clients, the clientele, were given. But I was allowed the opportunity to shower three times throughout my 75-day venture. Three times? Only three. Three times, did yep. You, did you clean in the river a little? I did jump in the river several <laughs> times. Um, but the river was Giardia-ridden, which oh. Giardia is a bacteria. Uh-huh. And if you – basically, you could not drink the river water. Yeah. Otherwise, you run the risk of uh, throwing up, diarrhea, mm-hmm. bad news. And that sits dormant for a long time, too. Yeah. It'll yeah. just hit you one day out of the blue. 
Yeah. So we actually drank uh, out of 55-gallon drums. We did drink river water, but we treated it with a cap of bleach. One, 55 gallons of water, one cap of bleach, and you're good to go. And that's like safe to cool. drink and everything? Uh, so I was told. All right. I'm still alive. Yeah, you're still, you're still kicking. So, uh, yeah. That's, um, that's intense, though. Like, I, I can't imagine not having, like, some way to maintain your personal hygiene. Yes, your 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 standard of living definitely decreases when you're out there, and it's kind of like going back in time, in a sense, to a much simpler way. Um, we still had, you know, electricity from the yeah. generators, but it was main. It was not for like the comforts of like watching TV, charging your phone, heating, or like air conditioning or anything. Yeah. It was the the generators would only run one it was absolutely necessary for things like uh running the freezers or mm-hmm. running the showers for the clients um so it was basically so you're basically just like uh old school type like fisherman like you know you live breathe and eat fish yeah yes well we didn't just have fish uh, oh really there was a lot of other food flown in but oh you guys had like stuff said, mainly, you got some like care packages out here yes yes we okay. did have care packages but most of the you know most of the more comfort items that were flown in it's it's all about serving the clients it's it yeah. was kind of like a customer service job but it yeah. was just way out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> I mean, 200 yeah. miles from from the nearest because you mentioned like you're kind of just like catering to like um just like wealthy dudes that enjoy fancy fishing. Yes, that is exactly what it, it was. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, I'd never been to Alaska before. I'd always wanted to go. I'd never yeah. really known like what really lay in store for me. All I knew is that there was some sort of adventure out there for me, and I was seeking that. Okay. And I had, you know... I had an idea of what it might have been, but exactly what I was going to experience, who I was going to meet, and what was going to happen to me was unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the important thing. I mean, did that feel like getting outside of the box for you? Like, just like, stepping outside oh, of your definitely. comfort zone? Oh, for sure. I was not even, I wouldn't even have considered myself a fisherman before <laughs> I went there. Yeah. But I was kind of forced into it. Well, uh, how do you get the opportunity to begin with? Uh, my uncle actually knew the owner of the, the fish camp. They grew up together and they actually did the same job that I did together back when they were 18. Um, so my uncle, he quit after one year, went back to Minnesota, but his buddy stayed up there, uh, Mm. and he lives up there now and runs the camp. So he never, he never returned to Minnesota. So we kind of just like fell in love with the lifestyle. Yep. Wow. That is intense. Okay. Yeah. But we're talking about adventure and why we adventure and what, what adventuring, like what it gives you. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me was definitely the experience, the experience that I got, um, the things that I learned um, and then I, one of the most important things to me, honestly, was the people that I met, the connections that I made yeah. during that job. Because um, I worked with 10 other guides, and we were from all across the country. And we were from all like different 
uh, backgrounds, uh, different like life values, different political views as well. But when you're out there 200 miles from anywhere, you are kind of forced to get along and you really quickly set your differences aside. Yeah, I guess none of that really matters when you're that far away. No. The, a, a little petty beef doesn't matter when you have to go uh, catch fish for clients, uh, field the planes that are landing, get fuel, just all this stuff. It's You can't worry about petty little beefs. Yeah. Because um, I figure it's, it's a lot of like teamwork stuff that you guys have to be doing to like make sure that this operation runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. So I guess just a little bit more background on this this whole fish camp deal was yeah. it's a wall tent community of about 20 to 25 um, canvas tents. So we flew in, me and the 10 other guides flew in by ourselves. Nothing was set up at all. All of our equipment was either flown in on a plane or it was stashed in the woods. So we spent the first three weeks up there setting up the camp. Uh getting fuel, getting food, and just preparing the camp for all the guests. And that, after that three-week period, we had a month of nonstop guests. It was six-day cycles, and I was waking up 6 a.m., waking up at 6 a.m., working until 8 p.m. every single day, uh, getting up, fishing, cleaning the fish. So I was very... You know, I really, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just knew I was in for an adventure and I knew I was going to learn something. Yeah. And I think I'm better because of it, despite well, yeah. the backbreaking labor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, tell, tell me a bit more about like what you like gained from that. Because uh, as far as I understand, there are a few people that were uh, rather upset that you left uh, Minnesota for such a long period of time. Uh, like was leaving for that amount of time worth it? Like, tell me about what. Glad to see you still have your skin. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely hard leaving. Yeah. Um, it was very emotional because I knew I was going to be gone without cell service for uh two two and a half months. Um, and the only way of communicating I had was writing letters, which. The time it took for, from my letters sending to them getting it could be anywhere between a week and an entire month. Yeah. Um, so it was very emotional leaving my girlfriend, leaving my family, leaving my friends, you guys especially, um, because I know there were as much as an adventure I knew I would have in Alaska, I knew I was missing adventures here yeah. uh, back in the lower 48. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult to leave, but... Nonetheless, I had my adventure up there, and I have created connections across the country. Um, I mentioned the 10 other guides I worked with. Uh, One guy was from Oregon, North Carolina, Florida, uh, the Dakotas, another guy from Minnesota, and then obviously a few from Alaska. Okay. So, Oh, I thought you mentioned that um, uh, the guy who was running the guide uh, didn't like to have any locals because uh, he didn't want to share any of us his uh, fishing spots no yeah that was that's a big thing that i picked up on right away is there the fishermen are very very secretive about their spots so 
Um, my boss did not like to hire Alaskan natives. <laughs> hmm. He did have a few, yeah, but mostly we were from out of state because he didn't want uh, those Alaskan natives going, working his fishery, realizing how great the fishery was, and then going and talking all about it to mm-hmm. everyone else in Alaska. You gotta keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Fishermen find out about a good fishing spot there. They're going to be on that fast. Mm-hmm. They're not going away. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to, like, you know, have, like, your, like, good spots, like, all fished up. And uh, you won't be able to give the same type of experience to the people that are paying to be there. So, nope. I definitely get it. But, no, I, I get it, though. As far as, like, building connections, like, uh, growing over time, like, uh, kind of, like, getting to go through that adversity of, like, um, living uh, as minimal as you possibly can, for, like, a lack of better words, I, I don't think there's any way you can, like, come out of that without, yeah. like, an appreciation for, like, the things that you have as far as, like, you know, just, like... Uh, modern lifestyle modern technology all that jazz oh yeah like even like being able to like you know call someone text someone and like say like hey oh it was a luxury for sure (laughs) and it was like it really was like going back in time because i would look forward to we would only get mail once a week whenever the planes would fly in new clients yeah and that was it was a interesting feeling looking forward to mail coming in and having that (laughs) excitement when i would rip open a piece of mail and read it yeah. or uh on the other end the disappointment when the plane came and other people were getting letters and i wasn't and, so uh, it was very you know, it was an, an interesting feeling yeah dude that just it reminds right me of like your uh, great great grandparents yeah <laughs> yeah dude like stuff like that it reminds me of um like old war time when like you know you're off at war you know, like, I don't know. What you don't know when you you're going to hear from exactly. your loved one again. You know, they like do like the drop with all the mail, you know, it's just like hearing what's changed, uh, like where you're like living or like back home where you used to live. Yeah. All that stuff. So imagine like the old, old navies and those sailors who would go around because they were at sea for months. They couldn't even get a letter out if they wanted to. No. They could drop a message in a bottle <laughs> if they were really, really wanting to. Yeah. How does the Navy work for that? Because, like, you're, you're on a boat. Yeah. Like, unless, how do they deliver, like, mail to specific boats? I, I'm I think not it's sure like they if you, could. If or you just go to a specific to, port. Yeah, if you're in, in a base or something. Yeah. You know, whenever they Return to that one base. Uh-huh. Uh, that is so you're gone with no uh, chance for communication for so long. And really just stuck with the people you're on the ship with. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird frame of mind. You got, you got a pretty big glimpse into that. Yes. Yes, I did. And, uh, yes, it was an adventure. And the whole point of that was that it was something completely new, something I'd never experienced before. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, the ecosystem in Alaska. Um, I learned a lot about the history with the natives out there and the, uh, how the white man kind of (laughs) stepped in. Yeah. (laughs) The natives were not too keen on us being there. Can't Um, imagine why. Uh, my boss in the past has had a lot of issues with the natives coming and stealing uh, his gear, stealing his fuel, and you can't really blame him because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, 
they their land and their everything's been stolen from them in a sense. So okay, I mean, like it's a. Uh go like a bit like deeper into that like you've uh like i said you you went through all of this you guys like you know see the lifestyle alaska but like did you just did you want to go on this trip just because it was something like new to do or because you wanted to challenge yourself to see if you could do it i definitely wanted to challenge myself and i definitely wanted to like escape in a sense yeah and like just yes challenge myself to see if i could really push myself to the limit mm-hmm. and see what I was, it was mentally challenging as much as it was physically challenging <laughs> Yeah. because at first I was just dropped off with strangers, Yeah. but very quickly they became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mentally challenging just having to, um, constantly, uh, deal with, other people and deal with customers and then just kind of keep myself sane and not like miss everything that I was yeah. having. Yeah. Everything that I would normally have back in the civilized world. <laughs> so like I wake up, you'd wake up in the morning. Uh, what's the first thing you do when you wake up, go and get some water, go and food or brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. For example, maybe I'm going to wash my hands. Well, there's no running water anywhere. So I'd wake up, get out of my tent, hike 200 yards down a trail, go down 50 steps, and wash my hands in the river. (laughs) I know I mentioned Giardia before, but I would still, you know... (laughs) It's fine. My my hands were all right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, like... um feverish diseases here yet um i think you're good for now but i i hear you as far as um wanting to kind of get away from like the kind of like lifestyle we live because like there's a lot of like you know um mundaneness and like just stuff that you like experience kind of like you know every day like just um i there's a lot of things there's the train yeah Pretty close to the the railroad. (laughs) Um, There's definitely a lot of things that we experience and that we're exposed to um, in the modern world that doesn't really matter in in the long run. It doesn't like apply to us. It doesn't matter like uh, all the communications you get, um, everything in the news. Like it doesn't directly affect you. And that was something that was very different out in the bush was God damn. Your your issues and your problems Jesus <laughs> that train just <laughs> won't for uh for a little context, uh my house is pretty next to a the big train depot in this city. So there's always lots of trains coming by, and they got a signal when they're coming in, so... They're pretty trigger-happy with the... Oh, yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. So uh, please forgive us for um, the slight train noises that you might hear, the rumbling of the the train tracks, and a few uh, few train horns here and there. Just adds to the ambiance. Yeah, it should go away (laughs) soon. You're getting the true Fargo feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've, We've given you a taste of Fargo. Um... But yeah, okay, I, I can dig it. Um, so, 
back to what I was saying was your problems were very right yeah. in front of you mm-hmm. and everything that like there was nothing really that there was n- nothing really like dumb that would not affect you the your your issues were very straightforward it was fuel gasoline and fish yeah were your were the three big things make sure you're catching fish make sure you have enough fuel and make sure the food doesn't spoil <laughs> So then, uh, yeah. coming back to Minnesota after that long trip, does that kind of like you know put things into perspective for you? Just like as far as like slowing it down and just like taking into um, account like what actually matters to you, like you know what you actually want to pay attention to. I know it's like as far as a person goes, like you're already not really much of a person to like pay attention to like, um, like I guess like just like stupid stuff in like the media, but like um, yeah. how did that? How did that like? center you how did that center you i definitely just felt the need to slow down overall um both in just like uh the perspective of my life slowing down and figuring out what i want and what i need to do and then actually physically slowing down the one of the weirdest things coming back right away was just the speed at which everyone lives i got on the highway and everybody is flying. The fastest I had gone, uh, really, for for that those 75 days was probably about 20 to 25 miles an hour on my boat. And then getting back, it's like I was going 55 down the highway, and I'm just going the speed limit, and everybody's passing me. I'm going the speed limit, and everybody's <laughs> passing me. Every person's flying by. Yeah, that's Minneapolis traffic for you. <laughs> yep. If you're not going 10 above or 15 yep. above, get out the way. So I think, mm. I think just, just like living yeah. in this society, a lot of times people feel the need to rush, rush through life, uh, rush down the road. And for me, coming back, I just wanted to hold on <laughs> to that feeling of slowing down and enjoying things for what they are, enjoying the things right in front of me, and trying to stay satisfied with everything that I have in front of me. Um, not to say that I don't still have you know the same dreams and aspirations that I had before yeah. the bush, but I realized that you know nothing good, nothing like good and lasting in your life is going to come quickly. It's all going to come in time and with patience. Of course. It's it's like hard to take that into perspective sometimes though, because I feel like um as far as like a young person, like you're you kinda like you have a I you know, I'm gonna wait for this uh, helicopter to go by a little bit. You can feel that thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think it's past a bit. Alright, okay, um as like a young person, you're in like your twenties, like maybe like try, waiting till you're reaching like you know you're like twenty five, thirty. You want to like achieve something. You want to like you know as far as like um what your career plan is or just uh, the goals that you have. You want to like get there, and you're trying to get there as fast as you can. And I think it's hard to like um slow down and uh, you know realize what you have to do to achieve these goals as opposed to you know, rushing and, like, trying to... Basically trying to, like, find the fastest route as opposed to the route that works best for you. Yeah. 
And I, I feel like I've kind of been uh, feeling that a little bit myself uh, as far as just um, as far as my own like uh, business ventures, I guess, working on uh, new projects for uh, video shoots, figuring out what's going to work. I like some oftentimes like find myself like just seeing how I can get this done like the fastest as opposed to like uh, sitting down and like, you know, figuring out what like a client like might want Mm -hmm. and um, like figuring out like a vision that's going to like work the best for them. uh, What is the word I'm looking for? That shows like, you know, what they are and like what their business or like their music or like whatever it might be is about. Getting it done the best for them versus just getting it done as fast as possible so you can get a paycheck. Exactly. exactly. I feel like there's, and that's so many, like there's a lot of business models and a lot of products that are just sold on how fast can we get this out? How fast can we sell it? Mm -hmm. How fast can it break so they can buy another one? Yeah. Yeah. Look at all TVs, phones, we got fast food. We live in a fast paced country. Exactly. It's not like that everywhere. No. No. When you're a, overseas somewhere it's there's not as much of that like yeah there's still some fast food places here and there but it's not what it is here yeah where you have just giant swaths of land in every city and the bigger the city the more of them there are where it's only filled with strip malls (laughs) fast food places and the strip malls yeah like you know like a 30 minute fitness yeah. Get in, do a quick workout, get out, go mm-hmm. on with your day and be productive. Yeah. Yeah. It's all so fast. Yeah. Well, James, you've done a lot of adventuring as well, right? You've done a I lot have. of traveling in Europe. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your adventures and what you've... Obviously, you've, you've noticed that a lot of other countries will live at that slower pace. Um, but what else have you kind of learned and gained from your adventuring? Throughout People the- are just so incredibly different wherever you go and everywhere and everyone is just so unique and it's incredible to see all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you know, me and my family, we're a uh, pretty social people. Yes. you are. And mm-hmm. in a lot of places you, you can just go and talk to anyone. You'll find a lot of other people who are traveling around. Uh, when me and my mom, this last summer, we went to Iceland for a couple days. Okay. And when we were in Reykjavik, it was just the most bizarre thing in the world. Where is Reykjavik? That is in Iceland. In Iceland? Yeah. A city in Iceland? Yes, that's the big big city in Iceland. Like the capital? Yes, capital. Okay. <laughs> it's like the only city in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's small villages, but it's there's not too many for cities. Yeah. There's the one, there's only, what, 300,000 people on the whole island? Is that just because, like, there's not a lot of, like, land to settle in? Yeah, so it's really unique, though. The whole island, it's separated into, like, you have a part of it where there's a lot of glaciers. You have a part of it where it's just all volcanoes. You have a part of it where it's just these giant rivers carving through rock. There's hot springs. And there's there's uh, the continental divide for uh, the North American plate and the uh, Eurasian plate. It actually goes right through the middle of Iceland. And there's a place you can go, and it's this uh, giant lake in the middle of in the middle of the island where there is the Continental Divide beneath you. Mm. So you can go um, snorkeling, scuba diving. All in this just lake. All in this lake, and it, it's, like, it's thousands of feet deep. 
See, I didn't know that about uh, Iceland because I kind of, I figured it was kind of just like all Greenland and like just not like, and I know it had like, you know, a few like, you know, rolling hills and like a few like mountainous areas out there, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that it had like uh, such a, um, a widespread variety of like uh, different types of like uh, terrain out there. Oh, it is. It is so weird. There's yeah. so many, much different terrain. Like they have. Um, black sand beaches there just made from all the basalt that's around and there's these it's so unique on the shore just because of how the island is it's like it's a really volcanic island yeah in a really like current heavy rough part of the seas i would imagine it's very volcanic on the continental divide <laughs> very very there was there was a um volcano erupting while we were there didn't get a chance to go see it, which was too bad but if that was happening. You could see the smoke from the city. Are they kind of like smaller volcanoes? Uh, some really uh, big ones, some really small ones. Okay. Like uh, we were on uh, Ayafala Yokel for a while, which uh, if you remember back in like 2010, how Europe got shut down by a volcano. It, okay. That was that volcano when it, it exploded and there's was, there was a glacier on top of the volcano. So when the volcano, you know, exploded it vaporized all of this dirt and snow and just sent it all into the atmosphere and it flew all the way over to Europe and shut them down for weeks. Oh, seriously? Like, went as far as Europe? Yes, it was shutting them down for weeks. There was no air travel in or out of the the continent. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty bad. Yeah. And, uh, like, there's still all of this uh, soot everywhere. So we went and saw a glacier that we had to take a bit of a hike to. And the entire glacier is just covered in this black soot from a volcano erupting, I think, 100 years ago. Okay. And the entire glacier, it's black because of this volcano. Like you think, oh, glacier, giant, white, pristine, maybe some blues in there. No, it was black. Mm -hmm. And there was all the ice melting off in front of it. Huge runoff lake. Just beautiful. But the craziest part about Iceland was the people. Yes. It was coming back to the people. Coming back to the people. Absolutely the people. They're so happy. They're all so friendly. And they have such low crime. We were talking to some locals there. And they're like, yeah, no, uh, if our kid falls asleep in the stroller and we want to continue to go out, we'll walk by our house. We'll stop the stroller by right outside of our apartment. And this is, you know, downtown Reykjavik. There's a lot of people moving around, and they'll just be kids sleeping in strollers. I mean, no just like in around. front of their houses? Just in front of their houses. Unheard of. Unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. No US. chance. <laughs> a lot of people don't even, like, won't, like, well, they'll yeah. freak out if they forget to lock their door. These people are on big, like, big yeah. streets of the city, ground floor, windows wide open with valuables. I mean, dude, can you there. imagine feeling that safe? I can't. It was, it was bonkers. So, did... Did they tell you why? Why? Why was the crime rate so low? It's just it's there's there's only trust in the community. People. It's it's a small community. Yeah, it's kind of like what we got up here in the Midwest, where they go through some pretty harsh times of the year. Yeah. and when you're that far north, you get those months at a time where you either have all dark or all light. When I was there, it was all okay. light. The sun never set the entire time we were there. Yep, it, and that was that was also really weird. But when wait, the, wait, 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 wait. You said the sun never set? The sun never set when I was there. 
me and my mom came out at like of, of one of the bars at like two in the morning and we did not realize it was two in the morning because the sun didn't set. It was the same when we woke up and it was the same when we went to bed. It did not change. So does it basically just like stay at like low horizon then? It, it kind of stays low horizon and it just does like a circle. That's weird. It just does a it just does a circle in the sky rather than. Oh wait, setting. Cooper, isn't it just like that in Alaska as well? Yeah, I I think we had maybe like an hour or two of nighttime when I was there, and it was like the haunting hour at like one or like uh, two to three a.m. Okay. The sun would just dip, barely dip down, and then it would come right back up. It's weird though, isn't it? It really yeah. messes with you. It does. Jesus, dude, I wish we had some of that out here. I feel like we got, like, way too much darkness happening. I, I don't know. With, don't the, know. with the crazy American energy, I think, I don't <laughs> know if that would work out. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that was fun, though, was the bars were packed all the time. Every hour of the day. Mm. And, um, like, in the summer months, just their culture has such developed around this because they've been pretty isolated. Yeah. Like, their entire cultural upbringing, I suppose. And it's completely normal for businesses not to open until really late in the day or be um, open 24-7 because the sun's up and everyone's out actually out and do- enjoying it. Yeah. But in the winter, they don't do that. And a lot of things are closed all the time and people usually just stay home. Yeah. Wait, how do how do they maintain their economy if, like, during the winter, a bunch of places are just, like, shut? Well, there's a lot of work from home. Yeah. People have their jobs and a lot of people who work in the city live in the city Yeah, and they can, they can get to work still. Uh-huh. Uh, but a lot, it's, it's weird. It's not even, it's barely comparable to the United States. It is just such a different place. Okay. So then tell me, tell me a bit about what you took from Iceland. Like, um, what is like, what is the most meaningful thing to you that you took from that trip? Uh, there is the strangest beauty I've ever seen. It is so desolate there. It, but it is one of the most beautiful places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of shows that even when something is really, really bad, it can still be beautiful. Like, no one should live there. <laughs> no one should live there. Yeah, there. People have no right to be living there. Yeah, why do you say that? It is a volcanic wasteland for the big part of the island where yeah. people live. The, really? the point that's most populated is a volcanic wasteland. Okay. You can look out and it's just miles of just like brimstone, brimstone and thrown rock all over. But people live there and they're some of the happiest people I've ever seen. So if people can live in those conditions and be mm-hmm. as happy as they are, why, why can't anyone else? And it's just, yeah. Just putting it all together, it's, yeah. it just br- brought a brand new perspective. It was just crazy. And Ireland is pretty similar to that, where everyone is just so friendly. It, was ve- it felt very Midwestern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone was always happy to, you know, give you a smoke, buy you a drink, talk to you at the bar for a couple hours, and then uh, see if you want to do the same thing the next day. Yeah, <laughs> go out to dinners, uh, go do something, see something, and it was just how all the different places in the world act. It's it's crazy. Okay, so I kind of what I'm hearing is just uh, very big community places up there, um, 
taking into account, you know, what you have and valuing it. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like um, they they're able to like slow things down because they have um, they have an understanding of what they need. They live in like you know such um, like you said a very uh, what, what was the word you used as far as like it just being like very treacherous, like a very like desolate. treacherous, desolate, yeah, very desolate land, but still make the most out of it and end up being a place that people want to travel to. Because I, I know like. Iceland is a very big uh, tourist spot. It is. It is. There's a lot of tourists who go there just because it's also so beautiful. And it's landscapes you can't see anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. Do you feel like you carry some of those attitudes of the Iceland natives with you? Definitely. And you've kind of brought that those attitudes back with you to the United States? Definitely. I I like to meet the people when I go, go somewhere. Mm. And it yeah, you learn. You get a new perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And you, it's, if you know, if you could just, you know, be like, oh, that's how they live, but I live this way. And just, you know, turn the other cheek, but that's not, it's not what it's about. It's not growth. It's not, you can, you can just waste it then. But mm-hmm. if you, like, you know, try and remember and kind of internalize it, you can take things all different. So then the significance of these trips to you is that kind of just like the lessons you learn? Like, what is like, what is the significance of like traveling to all these places? I really like just being able to see the people, frankly, of yeah. all these different places yeah. and how different they are. Just like getting a taste for the culture. Just getting a taste. And I, I want to go, I like, since I've been applying to jobs and everything, I've been applying overseas. I've been applying everywhere. Yeah. Like I want to go really feel the culture for a while, mm-hmm. get to learn. Cause there's so many different ways to live and living in one place your whole life. You don't, you can't get that. You just you you're missing out on a lot. You are. You're keeping yourself in a box, keeping yourself in a circle. Exactly. There's, don't know. there's seven billion people on this planet. Yeah. There's only three hundred and thirty million in America. Okay. That is nowhere near and like majority. You gotta get out. You don't like in your lifetime you probably only have the opportunity to meet like, you know, a couple thousand, ten thousand different people. Mm-hmm. If maybe if you're like the the most like famous or most like well-traveled person, maybe you're going to meet a few 10,000 people in your lifetime. Exactly. And may, why not make that small amount of people from everywhere and yeah. get, a, get a little taste of everything? So then how do we, how do we convince people to like, get outside of their box? How do we convince people that going to these new places, going out and adventuring is worth it? It can it can be uncomfortable, and you know it's it's gonna be, but it can feel threatening. You're you gonna ha- you have to make yourself do it at first, and then once you make yourself do it enough, you kind of you, you're like, okay, I'm. I'm well, what's much the first more- step? What's the first step? First step? Yeah. Honestly, just picking a city that you're like, huh? I've never been there. What if we take a road trip there? Mm-hmm. And you can just go there. Like me and my family, we'd always go to Omaha for family vacations when we were young. And just find things to do in some city, and we do it all the time. And that's so that's what we do. We just pick a city that none of us have been to, and mm-hmm. go. And that that was like that's like a first step. Oh, just like by random. Just by random. Okay. Just pick a place that you've never been and go. You might have a fun time. You might have a bad time. Mm-hmm. But there's only one way to find out. Mm-hmm. So that can be like a small first step, even if it's just mm-hmm. within your state. Going to a new restaurant in a part of town you don't hang out in. And if it's a bad time, you know you won't go there again. Yep. <laughs> but it's a yeah. good time. Now you've 
probably made some connections there, and you know you like it, and you know you might want. to Okay, but what if I'm what am I if I'm scared, and I don't I don't know if the people there are gonna be nice to me. I don't know if um, I'm gonna fit in with the people over there. Why should I? Well, you. Convince why would you me. wait? You can you can tell yourself that they're a bunch of assholes, but you could just be wrong. Who are you to say that these people you've never met are going to be a bunch of dicks? Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself in that situation and find out. Yeah, it's just it's really arrogant to think that you have the ultimate say on what other people are going to do. Yeah, yeah. You you have to go and figure it out for yourself. You have to experience it. Okay, then what if I'm what if I'm content and uh, I have everything that I need around me? Yeah, why do I need to go travel somewhere and meet meet some new people? I have my circle of friends. I have my sphere that I'm living in. Why why would I even want to go anywhere else when I'm just so happy and content where mm-hmm. I am? Even if you're happy and content, that gives you all the more reason to step out of your comfort level. If you've already gotten to a place where you're really happy with where you are. Why not broaden those perspectives more and start to grow beyond being just content and feeling completely fulfilled and learning all there is to learn? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I think I'd take a different like stand on that as far as um, why you shouldn't be okay being content. It's not. I feel like it's not necessarily about um, wanting to be even more content, but like realizing um, how ignorant you actually are as far That's as true. like you yes you might be like really comfortable in like the place you are with like the people you're around doing the stuff that you're doing but like um there's a whole big world out there filled with like things like you've never done filled with uh people that you've like never met you've never had a like chance to like talk to and experience the um the culture just like the the places that they live in the um uh traditions that they practice and I think there's there's so much more to life, like building a depth to life when you can go out and like uh, see how these other people live and um, practice like, you know, just like whatever they might be doing, you know? Yeah, that was incredibly well said. Thank you. You're very verbose. <laughs> I try. I think like creating the connections like across the world and across the country is a big thing too. Um, whether that be just for social region reasons, if you want to, you know, uh, call them up, you're going to visit again, or maybe they're coming to visit you yeah. and you want to show them around your city now. Uh-huh. Um, and it could maybe even be for like business reasons too. Um, say you're selling product and you've, you have these connections in, in Iceland or wherever in Europe mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, start selling your product uh, in that market, then you have maybe a foot in the door with yeah. some people who are there and who can spread the word um, and spread, hopefully spread good, good word about your character, mm-hmm. assuming that you are you have good character. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping uh, our listeners kind of share <laughs> the same, some of the same values yeah. and some of the same uh, characteristics. Um, of open-mindedness mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully have a sense of adventure inside of them. Of course. I mean, like, I, as far as, like, what you just mentioned about um, building those connections, I feel like I've had, like, a, a decent experience with that recently. I've been uh, working on a commercial and with a, I guess, um, a 
fairly big automotive brand. Uh, just uh, doing some like a uh, production work with them. And on this shoot, I got to like work with like a lot of like fairly big people from like different places. I had a few like uh, production coordinators that were from uh, California that were like working on this project that I had a chance to talk to. Uh, the director for this project was from New York. Uh, I had a um, locations uh, management person that uh, moved to Cambodia to wow. film action movies that I got to talk to. Um, you know, like on this like project, I guess like, you know, like why did my like perspective as far as like these like professionals in film and, um, kind of see like what they're doing and like learn from, learn from like basically just learn from them and see how they made their way along. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of like, uh, put into a perspective to me that, uh, these people are, not that different from me um because as, as far as like the locations assistant goes you know open the door so arpon and- has abandoned us now and is leaving are you coming back i want water go get go water, get water. why didn't you text someone to get you water so, Teddy, uh, these, these individuals that you're talking about, yeah. so they've kind of, they're a little bit farther progressed in their careers, and they have this wisdom and experience yeah. that they can uh, shed down mm-hmm. to you. Exactly. Which gives you, like, different perspectives, and maybe you're learning from their mistakes yeah. and heeding their advice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like, it, yeah, it's exactly that. It's kind of... Um, seeing where where they came from um hearing how they made it this far kind of um the people that they worked with and like making a good impression on those people and i think i I would like to say i think i did a pretty decent job Mm -hmm. um but i i don't think i was like perfect by any means i I definitely like on this project i made a lot of uh mistakes and i guess because it, 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 this was like a fairly big project for me and I did not perform to the standards that I wanted to. And I think uh, because of that, I did not make um, a good impression on a few people. But uh, without having done this project, working on this commercial, I wouldn't have been able to know what I need to work on, know what I need to like take more seriously and use that in like the next like you know big project that i might be able to work on to better like perform and like better um to better be like uh evaluated by like you know the people i'm working with like because i i would like to think well i i have very big aspirations as far as like working in a film and production and in order to reach the heights that i want to i have to be just as good if not better than the people I work with and the people I work around. Yeah, you have to reach that standard that you see, you watch a commercial or you see a music video, you have to reach yeah. that standard. <laughs> and then once maybe you reach that standard, then you have to start setting your own standards for what you want yeah. and defining, you know, your own style. Yeah, man. Also, um, I guess that was kind of my, my most recent adventure there learning the avenues of 
big commercials, big budget commercials. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty intense industry too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's rough because there's a lot of like uh, fast moving parts, and if you're like not keeping up. You will definitely be dropped. You're wasting and- <laughs> people's time. Yeah, yeah, Time yeah. is definitely money in, exactly. the, in that industry. Exactly. And they want their money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish Arpon was here because uh, he actually has a few words he could definitely say about this. But, uh, yeah, because he was, he was working on that Ford troop with you, wasn't he? He was. Um, but he's not here to talk about it. Oh, we'll revisit. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can put a pin in it. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's my adventure. And I guess as far as what I learned, like I already said a bit about that, just like what I need to improve to catch up to these people that are far above me. That is, it's a good thing to do. It can be, it can be detrimental. It can get away from you. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, do it like, too much and uh-huh. too hard, it, it can, it can be harmful. You can't run yourself into the ground. That's like, and that's like the hard medium to find because like Cooper was just talking about this, like slowing yourself down and like, you know, pacing yourself is so important. But like, you know, um, how do we find like that, that proper meeting point where we can, you know, hustle, 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 but also like take into account, Hey, you know, slow down, smell the flowers. Um, it's all going to be good. You know, it's like, it's, it's a really rough dichotomy because. Uh, you have that urge inside yeah. where it's like other people are ahead of me and I want to be where they are and better. Yeah. But you can't like, that obviously can't happen instantly. So mm-hmm. it's good to have that feeling in a sense to, that's your drive. That's like your motivation in a sense, yeah. to to improve and get better, but at the same time, if that's all you're thinking about, then you're gonna be your mind's gonna be clouded, and you won't be able to, I don't know, think quite as clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one good thing to do is just take some time each day or every other day, and just sit alone and just think. Yeah, it's just you definitely can gotta take time for yourself. Pick a pick things apart. Really go over and think about the things you've been doing and what's been going on, and just you just got to take a little time and think about it. Because yeah. if you can just really pick everything apart, that can help you in the future. You know, mm-hmm. slow down, look at things with a clearer head, and just overall benefit your life. And you can you can use it in all aspects, whether mm-hmm. it's your social life, your work life. You being physically active, you wanting to go do things. If there's a project you're working on, just mm-hmm. being able to sit down and think about it all. Mm-hmm. No, like I, James, I think you're absolutely right because being able to stop and slow down and just like uh, look at everything like retrospectively um, is how we how we like gain value for what we're doing. And, like, how we, like, kind of uh, put things into perspective, I think I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think any of us uh, take enough time to do that. And um, it's it's so very important because uh, I, I caught myself having to do that yesterday, you know, having to uh, go out on a walk because I was, like, I was being really frustrated um, about uh, working. Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, you know, take a moment, hey, it's not that serious. 
Um, doing what you can. You're still the best. <laughs> and um, you're going to do better next time. So just like little stuff like that. Just like taking a moment for yourself. Put things into perspective. And don't get too far into your head about it. Because like, hey. We're all adventuring. We're all like trying new things as like we're growing. Like I think we're still very much so in the early stages of like all of our careers, just like trying to do really cool stuff and uh, figuring out how we're going to do those really cool things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it takes a bit of time, but um, that's the point of adventuring, right? Figuring out what works and what doesn't, right? It's true. Every, every aspect of life can be its own adventure. Of course, man. It's all a journey. And it's never going to end up how you think. No, never. It's never going to end up the way you plan it. Mm -hmm. Unless you're like that dead set on being a doctor, but when you're a child, then maybe if you're that person, congratulations, you are like one. You're a cut above. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Even just because they got to the end goal, they sure as hell. No way they got there the way they thought it's they were still, going to. Yeah, it's still not the way you thought it was going to be. It's mm-hmm. not what you planned. Yeah, can we talk about expectations? Like, um, because we, we all have, like, an idea as far as, um, let's, like, keep it in, like, the realm of, like, adventuring, I guess. We all have an idea of, like, you know, what we're going to see when we get to a certain point. Um, so let's talk about, I guess let's like in physical terms, let's say we're, we're going to take a trip to Colorado. Mm-hmm. We all have an idea of like, you know, we're going to see there. Oh man, there's going to be so many stoners out there. There's yep. going to be dispensaries everywhere. It's going to um, be so fun. We're yeah. going to see the mountains. Uh-huh. We're going to see a bear. Yeah, we're yeah. All these things. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go there and like, you know, like you realize, oh wow, you know, there's a lot more here than just weeds to smoke. Um, yeah, wow, you know, it's almost like it's an entire state that isn't <laughs> a pot plant. Exactly, exactly. Like um, Every tree is just a pot plant. <laughs> every, every blade of grass is uh-huh. actually just a little bud. You can just pick it right up and mm-hmm. smoke it. Right <laughs> I mean, like you, you realize, well, I, I guess me personally, I, I have had uh, a chance to like, go to Colorado a little bit ago. And I like when I went there, I was like, wow. This place is so pretty. This place is basically in a fucking, like, fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, hills, like, all around me. Um, I just, like, was in, like, off, like, you know, wow, I'm, like, such a small, like, person here, like, you know, with such grand nature and terrain around me. And it just, like, you know, I, like, I had to, like, take a moment and realize, wow, Earth. Yeah, know? it's it is humbling, <laughs> like... It's mountains in the ocean. It's one of the and deserts too. Yeah. It's just one of those feelings like you're looking at this thing that is just so, so much bigger or so much more vast, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're dangerous. Like it's mm-hmm. they're dangerous places. Yeah, and it you just get this humbling feeling. Yeah, yeah. So like you might have um, you might go into like a trip or an adventure expecting something. But gaining so much more out of it after, like, you know, you've reached it. Because, like, the thing, like, what is the the one saying? Um, it's not, like, it's not about, like, uh, the treasure you find at the end, but, like, the friends you make along mm-hmm. the way. What is this? I, I don't remember what it is, no, but, like. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Exactly. So many yeah, yeah. Way, many exactly. different ways the same can go. David, did you like those friends we made in Florida? 
The friends we made in Florida? The, the, the ones that were swimming next to us. The ones that were swimming next to us? So when we were coming, when we were kayaking and uh, oh, those dolphins yeah, came up. Yeah, 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 dude. You were losing it. Dude, because like, look, we went to fucking Florida. Um, if, the, if you guys remember, our first episode was actually shot in Florida. Um, but anyways, uh, me and James, uh, James was also on this trip. Me and James went uh, kayaking. And, you know, I was expecting, you know, a nice, like, leisurely little, like, you know, uh, stroll along uh, this canal. But then out of fucking nowhere, two fucking dolphins just, like, bust out. And, like, they're just getting super close to our kayaks. And Dave, I'm just, we could have like, touched them. Like, yeah, I'm sure we could have stuck our hand out because they were right there just looking at us. Yeah, dog, I'm not doing that. Because, like, look, <laughs> big-ass fucking mammal in the water over here looks like a fucking shark, you know. Rapey. They are Dolphins are rapey. I don't know. But it was so cool. They followed us for so long. They were just swimming under us, swimming under Jay's paddleboard, following us as we were paddling. Alright, so back to the adventure and what you learned. What did you learn from that adventure, Teddy? What did I learn from that adventure? I I Um, feel like you learned something from that. Oh, I mean... He learned he does not mess with dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> he does not mess with big marine mammals. Well, it, when I'm not prepared for them, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was not prepared for this situation. I don't think there was any way you would have been prepared. I think if I would have told you beforehand, you wouldn't have gone. Waterworld, you're fine with the dolphins, but... I mean, like, places like Waterworld and, like, fucking... What's the other one that's in, like... SeaWorld? SeaWorld. Those places are whack because, like, you know... I don't fuck with, like, forcing animals to, like, you know, work for human amusement. Um, But, uh, it's, like, it's hard to, like, see, like, you know, like, uh, marine animals like that up close and personal without going to places like that. But, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, go out and see them for yourself. Go on a fucking boat. You know, go to the fucking Pacific. Or like, mm-hmm. which one? Which one is the sea salt uh, ocean? I guess the ocean is all sea salt. It's, yeah, um, salt. Talking like the Dead Sea. No, no which which one is um which one is in the Cape of um Florida? Gulf of Mexico. No, no, no. But like, what, what ocean is that? The Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic. Okay, so I was right. Yeah, go to the fucking yeah, Atlantic Ocean yeah. and go see some fucking marine life. Go what, see what country's Lake Superior? Fuck off. That's an inside joke, and no one else needs to know about it. <laughs> Um, but no, man, it's, as far as, like, that trip to Florida, like, that fucking kayaking thing, it was, like, nice to see a dolphin for the first time ever. I mean, I don't think I remember seeing, I've probably seen a dolphin in a zoo before, but, like, never, like, in person like that. I'm sure the dolphins were just as curious with you as you were curious with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I feel like they're probably pretty used to people. I don't know. They looked mad curious. Yeah? They were, they, they, I mean, you were, you were kind of freaking out a bit. Oh, okay. Like they, they were like poking out and like, you but know, checking us out like they, here and there. Like David, they, they came right up to us, both uh-huh. of them, and were just like staring at us like, what are these fucks doing here? You can't swim. And they were just watching us and swimming under us and around us. Uh-huh. Well, that was a good time. I did rather enjoy that. Um, I don't have I don't have much more to say about that. <laughs> um, you okay. made it out alive. I I did survive. I made it out alive. Made you stronger. Um, I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay. Since we're like kind of running towards the end here, we will go into 
money moves for the week. Money moves. Money moves. Okay. Uh, so this week we are going to be talking about consumption. Um, so this is kind of just um, what we're like consuming physically uh, as far as like um, food and um, uh, things we buy. Yeah, the things we buy mm-hmm. as well as attention and how we're spending our time. Exactly. So uh, I guess I'll I'll start us off as far with like the attention based consumption is uh, what I've noticed is this past year is a lot of us maybe not us specifically but a lot of like young people just like us and like even those like younger have been on their phones like more than ever and like a lot of that has to do with TikTok. And I, dude, I, I cannot bring myself to download TikTok just because I feel like it is such a detriment to anyone. Agreed. It's like TikTok, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, mm-hmm. which is like all good in moderation. You but know, you can't use it too much. Yeah. So I just, uh, sorry to steal the mic from you, Teddy, but I just had something to say about this. Yeah. So all these apps, right? Yeah. Um, they're free, right? You can download them, mm-hmm. um, and you, it doesn't cost you anything. You can scroll as long as you want to your life's content, mm-hmm. and it's it's free. It doesn't cost you anything, right? Right. Wrong. It's not free. <laughs> what? <laughs> Every hour that you spend doing something like that is an hour you've just lost, I mean... Not even to say you could have been working, like mm-hmm. actually making money. Yeah. Um, but an hour that you've spent uh, not doing something else to, I don't know, not necessarily improve your life, but some, you just know, like further it. Further your life or, you know, acquire something that's actually going to give you longer term satisfaction. Like mm-hmm. practicing a new skill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, going out, going for a run or something. Mm-hmm. So these apps, they're not free. Every hour that you spend is an hour lost for you doing something else that is going to further your life. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, because like, I feel like I say this a lot. We live in um, an attention-based economy. And your attention is monetized. Yeah. Every ad that you look at is... Someone's trying to someone's use your attention. Use your attention, and that's money that's an advertiser is making, or that's maybe money you spent because yeah. you you saw an ad and you wanted to mm. buy something that maybe necessarily you didn't need. It's okay to splurge. It's like in both senses, it's okay to splurge and spend like a half hour or something scrolling through TikTok because you just you've had a stressful day, you just got off work, uh-huh. you just finished an assignment or whatnot. It's okay to decompress like that. Yeah. But once you roll into the hours after hour of this, it's just. And that's the thing. It's, it, no it's so easy it. to do that. Like, because um, even myself, I catch myself, like, in times I'll be, like, scrolling through Instagram and it'll, like, you know, like 15 minutes. Will you, just, pass. you just lose yourself. Exactly. You do. It's easy. It's, it's, it's easy. It's so like, easy. And then it's, it's made that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, just, it's made to give you just a bunch of little hits of dopamine. Yeah. Whenever it's you consistent. scroll, like, oh, what's this next funny thing? Yeah. Oh, I need something funnier. Yeah. I, I want that little bit of happiness. Uh, I just need a little bit. And it just, it's, you just, 
poisoning your brain with yeah. too much dopamine that you didn't earn at all. Yeah. And it just ruins your reward systems. If yeah. you just get so used to feeling good for doing absolutely nothing, like, and this, this go, this can go for anything. This can go for watching too much TV, um, drinking too much, smoking too much, yeah. like all of it. it. It just can, it can poison your brain. It, you, you lose the gratification from bigger things and you're less likely to pursue them. If you just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. consume too many little things mm-hmm. that give you these small hits of dopamine mm-hmm. whenever you want them. And it, it can be really detrimental if yeah. you catch yourself, you know, falling into a little bit of a rut and only going for these things that give you small little bits of gratification yeah. And just short term instead of long term. And we're definitely not the saint examples. I am by no means a saint in that regard. But it's always just working towards, you know, something better and trying to reduce that time where you think you're not, you know, <clears throat> you think you're spending your time in a way that benefits you. But in reality, it is in the long run. Well, I don't think anyone thinks that they're using that time to benefit themselves. I think it's just it's an easy way out to um, slow your boredom. Yeah, yeah. But being bored's okay. Being bored is okay. People get their best ideas when they're bored. It forces you to like go out and do something. But um, but being bored and being distracted by something is different. You can mm-hmm. be bored and sitting around and then your idea is going to come to you. You can mm-hmm. be bored and then be distracted. You're not, a new idea is probably not going to come to you. No. Of course, because you're paying your attention to something else. Unless yeah. you're, unless you're a TikToker and you're getting inspired by different TikToks okay. and yeah. then you're just yeah. continuing the people train are, of TikTok trends. People are making a lot of money. Like I saw that those, like uh, those Demilio girls, those TikTok people. They have a TV they show. They have now. a TV show. They have a yeah. reality I TV see that. show. Like the like, Kardashians. I, uh, I, it's not really my cup of tea, TikTok or uh, re- reality shows like that, but shit. Go them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they get paid millions and millions of dollars to dance for seven seconds or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they get paid tons of money for it. Like, and the they have thing their own is, show like, because of it. Yes, like, you know. Good job on like figuring out the cheat code, hmm. but at the same time, I mean, like, it, like I th- when I think about it, like retrospectively, um, I don't think they deserve it. In and my this- mind, in my mind, they're not adding much valuable. They are adding society. nothing yeah. to society. And like, I, I feel really bad saying that they because, could. like, you know, like obviously, like they they work to like get where they are, but it's just. Um, it was like the, the impact that they have on like people, I don't think is a positive impact. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. It, you know, bringing people joy, make, bringing people entertainment. I guess like, like that is, that is something that is good for the world and uh, it does make a lot of people happy. Okay. Like think about all like the super fans and people who are just absolutely obsessed with them. Like mm-hmm. these people, they obviously have something in their life that they're not getting and they have a void to fill. Yeah. yeah, and they're helping them fill that void and give them a little bit of happiness, of something they can follow, something they're interested in. Sure. Even if we don't necessarily, you know, think like that. And line I mean, up it's with like it, it, it does provide something of to, course, to someone like, out there. I. They are it's hard for me to world. say um, what you can and cannot fill your time with, and like what you can and cannot find joy from. 